Welcome to Wage Cucking with JMO. Welcome to another episode of Wage Cuffing with JMO, the shitcoin.com podcast. Today we're joined by Arjun, who is the head of ecosystem at Mansell, which is a layer two powered by BitDAO. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you give me a little bit about your background in crypto and how you got into the Mantle project specifically? Um, sure, definitely. So, so I've been in the crypto space since uh, 2016. So that's when I, I think it was, I remember it, in fact, almost exactly. It was, uh, I think, 20th May uh, 2016 when I first read uh, the Bitcoin white paper. Um, and that's kind of how it started for me. I think I was very sort of, you know, enthralled by the idea of decentralization, uh, not so much the payments part. And of course, that, that was that was interesting in itself. But this just whole idea of, you know, of building a decentralized world. So I think that was something very exciting for me. Um, and, th- and I've been sort of following the space since then. So I sort of started working full time in cryptos uh, in about uh, July 2020. That's when I joined Polygon um, okay. as sort of head of growth and BD. And I did that for about two and a half years. And then post that, uh, then, you know, sort of I met the team, uh, which is, uh, you know, building Mantle, and I got a chance to talk to them. And I just found it a very interesting problem to solve. So then I sort of ended up joining the Mantle team. And now I head the ecosystem here. Okay, very cool. So you're you're uh, at Polygon for a few years before you got into Mantle. Yeah, I was at Polygon prior to this, almost two and a half years, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, Polygon's also a um, a pretty interesting project. Uh, they have their issues as well, but um, they, they seem to be doing pretty well today. Um, so I wanted to kick this. Uh, I wanted to kick this discussion off with a general layer two discussion because if you uh-huh. look at the Ethereum ecosystem right now, there are quite a few layer twos that are popping up and gaining a decent amount of traction. I'd say the two mm-hmm. biggest ones are Arbitrum and um, Optimism. Optimism being an optimistic rollup that I believe is similar to what Mantle is doing. But mm-hmm. then you have like a bunch of layer twos that are sort of project or specifically allocated for something like, for example, Ronin is a layer two for like the Axie Infinity game. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like Immutable X is designed for blockchain gaming and blockchain NFTs. I guess the, the first question is, with all these general approaches to layer two, and so many of them popping up. How, how do you see the future of Ethereum in terms of which layer twos gain adoption, which ones don't, um, and so forth? Got it, got it. Great question. Um, so so again, like if you look at rollups broadly, right? So so there are like a couple of different ways of looking at, at rollups, right? So one would be from a technology lens, mm-hmm. right? So this is where you have like some arbitrum and optimism, which are optimistic rollups. And then what we're also seeing these days, you know, we're also seeing the sort of, um, you know, the surge behind ZK rollups, right? So for mm-hmm. a long period of time, you know, people have been talking about zero knowledge rollups, they've been test nets. Um, no, I, know, think, I think that. right now, there's, there's a huge um, narrative for specifically mm-hmm. ZK rollups, at least in the past, like week or two weeks, like uh, a lot of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the ZK rollup tokens have have been going through the roof. But go on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, so so I'll I'll tell you where the excitement also comes from, right? So this is something which um, you know we've also kind of looked into. So I think when when rollup technology was like sort of first being discussed, right? And you had optimistic rollups, you know, sort of going live uh, per se. You know, with arbitrum optimism, they've been around for some time now, Mm -hmm. and I've seen some decent adoption. Uh, You know, ZK rollups was always thought of as a problem, which in some sense was you know the ultimate solution like very high security very high throughput but what was just technologically like really difficult to solve right and and people always felt it was like four or five years away and then that's kind of like was the general uh, thought process but what what have we've kind of seen 
and and this is something our internal researchers have also verified right by looking at some of the code in the market and by talking to some of the founders of these uh, zk rollup sort of uh, projects is that the delta between the performance uh, like uh, between optimistic rollups and and zk rollups like the delta has been continuously reducing over a period of time right mm-hmm. so zk rollups have been slowly 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 getting better and better and it's come to this point where i think in 2023 or possibly maybe even the next couple of months we'll see many of these ZK rollups going to production, right? Mm-hmm. Where there'll be main nets now, right? Yeah. And I think that's why there's a lot of excitement around this because I think the best part about ZK rollups also is that there's there's not just you know like there's there's a bunch of investment which has gone into some of these rollup projects, but the fact yeah. that there are six or seven different teams trying to solve the same problem, like there's there's a very high chance that like you know in in some sense it gets cracked, right? Uh-huh. And then ZK rollups become a reality, and then you know you're able to have like then the best of both worlds, which is high scalability, like with you know very high transaction throughput, etc. But at the same time also very high security where uh, I, I think some of the problems which optimistic rollups have had like a seven day exit period right where it takes like yeah. seven days to exit funds and, and there are a couple of ways in which projects have solved that by having like let's say liquidity bridges like hop protocol etc but yeah. but as such there's a seven day exit period now with uh-huh. zero knowledge technology with, Z, uh, with ZK rollups it would be immediate right uh-huh. the moment the transaction uh, moment like the smart contract on Ethereum is verified that you know the, the transaction from layer two it's, it's done yeah. Right. So from from that perspective, like, you know, there's there's a very high sort of degree of security and performance, which you're uh-huh. able to suddenly bring to the table. And, and and that's kind of why, like, there's this big narrative going on, because, uh, you know, I feel that some of these chains are very close to going in, in into mainnet. And then we're uh-huh. going to see you know, this advent of ZK rollups in, in 2023. Yeah, I, I think specifically ZK Sync. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if they're, they're already in testnet right now, but I, I mm-hmm. think that's the one that's gotten um, the most hype. But yeah, you mentioned the, the lead up period for transfer of assets. And I think that's like mm-hmm. a pretty big problem in terms of people that want to participate in specifically decentralized finance protocols. Mm-hmm. It's never great to, to have your funds on a bridge for like seven, eight days. Um, it takes quite 100%. a bit of, of your return away when you have uh, funds locked up. So it's an interesting problem to solve. 100%. Um, and then, you know, to an extent, the same problem is for like, let's say going from chain to chain as well. So you could use a ZK bridge sort of methodology uh-huh. for sort of moving across multiple other chains in a, in a more yeah. secure manner. Yeah. Right. So they're, they're like, so, so it's kind of extends itself to that use case as well, which is kind of what makes it like, you know, that much more exciting. Whoa, oh, 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 it's cooking with JMO. So I wanted to talk specifically about the mantle design. So mm-hmm. from what I understand, the mantle is an optimistic rollup, but um, it has a modular design that allows for ease of access of projects building on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to go into further detail about exactly what mantle is doing? Sure, sure, definitely. So so mantle is a, a, a layer two or an Ethereum layer two uh, rollup. Um, so essentially, if you look at what we're building at mantle, so mantle is a project which has been incubated by BitDAO, right? And BitDAO is among, amongst like it's possible, it's the largest just DAO in the Web3 space. Now, the entire DAO treasury is on Ethereum. So again, we were very Ethereum aligned, wanted to build something which is, a, you know, an open permissionless ecosystem. So from a design perspective, it just made sense to go with like a rollup design. Now, for the testnet phase, we've come up with the optimistic rollup um, sort of design. And, and what we've done is we've kind of iterated on optimistic rollups and tried to solve some of the problems. So so number one would be we tried to sort of, uh, we've, we've gone ahead with a modular architecture. So what that means is that, you know, transaction processing, you know, the prover sequencer, 
uh, finality model and and also data availability like these are all separate layers so mm-hmm. for data availability we've sort of gone ahead with eigenlayer like although mm-hmm. eigenlayer as a project is is an alpha like you know we've gone ahead and integrated it just so that you know we could see how developers would leverage data availability layer what kind of performance benefits it would bring uh-huh. to the table um, at the same time on the fraud proof side you know we're doing some interesting research with specular fraud proofs and other kinds of mechanisms and and this is kind of where we've also come up with this new innovation by using multi-party computation so okay. we sort of paired multi-party computation with the, like a tss signature scheme right to sort of reduce the amount of time it takes mm-hmm. to exit uh, you know from l2 to l1 using optimistic rollup so so think of it this way where you've got sequencers producing like a proof and then you've got this independent body of nodes these multi-party computation nodes which are also sort of creating the same proof right and then you sort of cross check um, mm-hmm. whether the you know the proof is correct or not and that's when it goes to the l1 ethereum chain so 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 whatever proof your sequences have created it's like kind of been double checked and then eventually uh-huh. subject to also the decentralization of of the mpc node network so from with this we feel that there is a higher security guarantee and and what that means is that the seven day exit period possibly could come down to three days um okay. so, so 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 we've taken the design uh of of optimistic rollups and we've kind of like you know made some iterative improvements uh however um you know we want to go into mainnet by a uh, quarter two of, of okay. this year possibly end of q2 q3 is kind of when we're looking at it and what our researchers have also been doing internally right is also been looking at zk rollups so uh-huh. so you know we'd be trying to evaluate whether it makes sense for us to go with the uh, zk rollups when it comes to mainnet uh-huh. simply because you know the technology is now crossed a point where you know we've got a high degree of equal uh, you know EV, evm equivalence where for the developer yeah. be like super easy but at the same time you can get performance benefits so that's like an active point of research uh, okay. our team is like looking into right now so that's kind of the kind of what we're trying to build at at mantle and i think uh, you know what makes us unique in some sense right so there's so many chains out there you know, so many roll up chains as well mm-hmm. i think what makes mantle very unique is that that we're a community governed community owned chain so for all critical decisions when it comes to the chain you know we would have the bit token holders like voting on it the yeah. you know it's the same community behind behind uh-huh. Up. and yeah. we'll also be using the bit token as gas fees so we'll be building uh-huh. all sorts of interesting utility around the bit token and i think if you look at the entire ecosystem which we have which is like bitdao the dao um you know all the companies bitdao has invested in like zk yeah. dao edge dao um yeah. you know game seven and then you've yeah, got that- ibit the exchange as well you know which seeded uh yeah. bitdao and then we've got mirana ventures the venture arm yeah, of yeah, ibit yeah. which is in, yeah which is an lp in all of these different funds so from an ecosystem uh-huh. perspective right we've got a very unique mix of a pool of liquidity which is the dao an exchange a venture arm and a host of other companies which comprise this uh, ecosystem right which if you're building on mantle as a project you get access to this from day 0 right so yeah. we can take projects all the way from 0 to 100 which is like projects come you know get a grant get investments and if they show very high potential and are able to achieve like some level of success then we can take them all the way for you know to listing right uh-huh. and at, at a ecosystem like standpoint like this is something which literally nobody else can offer you yeah. outside of maybe like uh, maybe maybe binance Uh, to an uh-huh. extent but outside of that but, like but Binance else. but Binance doesn't have like a fund set up like like BitDAO is set up so for those who don't know BitDAO is a DAO essentially the the token holders that hold bit get to vote on what the DAO funds are allocated to and by bit mm-hmm. the exchange contributes 2.5 uh, basis points of their reported trade volume to the DAO so as long as the exchange continues to do volume there's quite a bit of funds in there and then there's specific earmarked funds for various projects like the ZK rollups like like game 7 is, is mm-hmm. 
run by uh, Wind Ranger Labs, I believe. It's like uh, Bybit's VC arm, and they're I think they have a couple million or hundred million dollars into uh, blockchain gaming. So like, there's quite a bit of funding for ecosystem driven uh, products. Um, so so you you bring up the the test net, and from what I understand, you just said the test net isn't really for bug testing, but more for research and like exploratory issues. Like, is Mantle not set on the final design of their chain? Are they just exploring so, uh, options right now? So currently, so again, you know, uh, the most important thing for us is to bring the best technology to the developers. Like that's kind of a responsibility. And, and that's the advantage of having a testnet, which is that you can also sort of get, get developer feedback, try new innovations. Um, so which is why like, you know, our team also wanted to look at ZK rollups, um, you know, and, and we didn't want to sort of, let's say, fix on one particular design and then not be able to iterate and improve on it, right? So mm -hmm. so this is kind of, uh, you know, the thought process we had when we were building out our testnet. But also the model of ecosystem system development right when it comes to mantle is is rather unique right so so we're bringing a very unique model to the ecosystem a model which you know i think like more teams should follow when it comes to sort of ecosystem building and building technology so so i'll, I'll just try and like you know explain it in a quick five minutes that mm -hmm. uh, if you look at all the blockchains at large right in, in generally if you just zoom out whether it's layer one layer two like all blockchains at the end of the day are trying to solve two main problems right so you everybody's trying to build the best technology right which again like you know tends to be very expensive you need like big research teams you need like big tech teams so everybody's trying to build the best technology and at the same time everyone is trying to build the biggest ecosystem right so people are trying to solve two problems at the same time and and building ecosystem as well is also expensive right you need marketing business development incentives mm -hmm. so at the end of the day you've got two very expensive problems right both are orthogonal in nature right so so the way you build technology and the way you build ecosystem is very different and and so you've got two problems but you've got only one treasury uh, to solve both these problems right and and if you for example uh, and then what happens with projects right who are trying to solve two of these you know both these problems simultaneously essentially there's trying to solve right? there's going to be right. a trade off between one or the other yeah there'll be either there'll be a trade off or you're going to basically uh, you know run out of money right your treasury mm -hmm. is going to be under immense strain if you're trying to do two things or basically everything at the same time and and there's evidence of this on chain right so if you if you go back to the previous bull cycle and if you look at the two outliers of adoption like if you look at solana if you look at polygon and mm -hmm. if you look at the like the sol token and the matic token you'll kind of see that if you count all the vesting everything the the token float is tending to let's say 90 percent or probably 90 to 95 percent mm -hmm. and and what that essentially means is that in one cycle a huge amount of your treasury has already been expended right mm -hmm. into the market and and as such you're trying to build technology which is supposed to i mean the best case scenario like outlive all of us yeah right so so clearly this model where everybody is trying to solve everything at the same time possibly may not be the best way mm -hmm. to uh, to you know build this ecosystem and at mantle we want to follow a different approach right so we mm -hmm. want to use our treasury right to sort of i would say like use our treasury to go closer and closer to the user right mm -hmm. so we want to build utility of the bit token across like DeFi, nft gaming and all the mm -hmm. different you know use cases and closer and closer to the user while on the technology side what we're going to do is we're going to work with a partner right mm -hmm. so and and we're looking at all the different tech stacks like arbitrum optimism zk saying polygon like we're looking at all the different tech stacks and essentially what we're going to do is we're going to run the chain so we will be running our chain and then whatever gas fees etc we are we're generating we will remit this back to the technology provider in mm -hmm. in this case right who's going to be a tech partner so there's a clear sort of value accrual from from our chain to to sort of the the team building the chain and, uh -huh. and what this means is that i can focus on ecosystem building because i've got my treasury to do that while mm -hmm. the infrastructure company can focus on building pure infrastructure and not worry about business development because they're getting the gas fees 
from me. Yeah. Right? So if you build a big ecosystem, what, what do you do? You generate a huge amount of gas fees. Mm-hmm. You can you can take that from Archie, right? But what I need in return is that like, you know, Mandel should have access to the best technology at any given moment of time, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to basically bring a more collaborative model to the market, right? We want to work with an infrastructure company versus essentially working against everybody like what's happening right now. And then we would end up burning our entire treasury, trying to solve everything at the same time and end up at the same end state, right? Which which we've seen in the market. So a collaborative model where where teams like DAOs and, and sort of, let's say, infrastructure companies work together and build the ecosystem together is, in my opinion, like a lot more capitally efficient and also like a better way to build the right? So we want to sort of do this, which is kind of why we're looking at all of these different roll-up designs. Because once we finalize on a particular partner, it'll be sort of a combination which is coming to market. And, and then we'll be able to bring a lot more value because now I don't have to worry about technology, right? Uh-huh. I can focus purely on ecosystem building while the infrastructure company yeah. doesn't need to worry about ecosystem building. They can yeah. focus purely on infrastructure. So this way there's like, like, you know, very good sort of harmony between the two teams, which are focused now uh-huh. on very specific problems. So instead of having now one treasury to solve everything, uh-huh. you got two treasuries, right? Each very yeah. ultra focused in a particular task. Uh-huh. And this yeah, that, that makes a- that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so like the two biggest issues I have when looking at alternate layer ones or layer twos. Uh, the first being that historically speaking, the most technologically advanced or the best technology doesn't necessarily win market yeah. share. And then the, the second being that a lot of these companies or a lot of these uh, layer one, layer twos, whatever you want to call them, spend a decent amount of their treasury running incentives on their own chain to yes. build up the initial ecosystem, build up the initial growth. But I don't think that's long term sustainable. Like if you if you looked at specific projects that have contributed quite a bit to um, let's say decentralized finance incentives. Mm-hmm. You have a initial rush of users yes, uh, trying yes. to capture the rewards from the um, from the funds, but then after that, the ecosystem s- sort of dies out. So it's an interesting problem for for L twos to to have in terms of how do we maintain an ecosystem long term and not just people in it for quick money and then get out right. to, the, to, to the next one. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, your general thoughts on these L two tokens. You, you mentioned BitDAO specifically, mm-hmm. the Bit token is going to be a fee-paying token on the, the Mantle layer too. Um, yes. If you look at how the, the current iterations of L1s are designed right now, mm-hmm. um, so for example, let's look at Optimism. There is an Optimism token, but the Optimism token isn't used as a fee-paying token right. on their L2. Yes. Whoa, oh, 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 it's cooking with JMO. What do you think the current value proposition for L2 tokens is if they aren't used as fee-paying tokens? And mm-hmm. um, is it something you deem necessary in order to have like longevity for the token? I do feel that any project which has a token, right, needs to build in like multiple types of value accrual um, to, to the token, right? And and this is kind of what was our idea at Bit. So it's not just that the Bit token would be used for governance. Like if it's still a governance token, you can use it for governance on, on Bit out to vote on all of these important proposals. But it would also be used for gas fees. It would also be used as the ecosystem token so all the DeFi, nft gaming all those projects right mm-hmm. it would also be used as the infrastructure layer where at data availability you would have bits taking to mm-hmm. ensure like crypto economic security so using mantle we wanted to build like multiple types of uh, you know utility into the token so as to make it you know uh, sort of stronger to make it more valuable with time um, and i think this is kind of how like projects all to also need to look at their token i think tokens can't be one dimensional where for mm-hmm. example you have maybe just governance or or for example public goods funding or you have 
maybe one singular type of use case mm-hmm. you need to have different types of uh, value accrual built into the token uh, mechanism whether it is through the fees which is being generated or possibly like for example if you're running a like there are many ideas around this like I'll, I'll just maybe talk about a few of them so for example if you're running a roll up and you're using eth as gas fees maybe you can take like i don't know 1% of all the eth which is accrued as gas fees and then use that to maybe buy back your token or or yeah, something like that yeah right and then you know maybe uh-huh. like sort of uh, give some yield to your token stakers on the network so th- so there's several mm-hmm. ways of looking at like this problem uh, you know each has their own pros and cons but i think what remains a very clear theory is that a token needs to have multiple types of uh, value accrual right because tokens by nature have very high velocity right they're mm-hmm. moving around very quickly much like currency right and and and, and that's what makes tokens very unique because you've got currency you've got equity and you've got asset rolled into this one construct right which we call token and and which is kind of where with any high velocity like kind of a financial instrument like token you would want to bake in multiple types mm-hmm. of utility so that you know it makes sense to hold the token right so that the token becomes more valuable with time so that's its uh-huh. use cases increase so so i think that theory is pretty clear that utility is super important how you go about doing this at a network level is is like i said like there are many options like if you're using eth as gas fees you can try something else like for us we want to use bit as gas fees so mm-hmm. so that's like a different mechanism where for example like when when the transactions are committed to ethereum we would mm-hmm. swap swap out um, yeah. bit for eth right so you, if you think about it from from our perspective you're also constantly buying eth in some sense mm-hmm. right or spending eth from the market so so we are contributing to the ethereum economy uh, you you're know, you're you're, tra- you're trading a bit for eth in order to pay the l1 fees for 100% right and then right this now. this sort of so so if you think of it so it's so interesting right so we have our chain which is then remitting gas fees to a technology partner which is then like or or the technology stack and then then which is remitting value to the uh-huh. ethereum ecosystem uh, yeah. when it goes to eth so there are multiple ways you can think about token utility but i think every layer to network has to focus on multiple types of uh, utility for their token it can't be one dimensional and and which is why like at bit you know our plan was that give it multiple types of utility and then you know it would it would make the you know the dao stronger the community stronger more impactful um so so i think the theory on on tokens is pretty clear that way and, and there are many ways like i said you can maneuver and and try and sort of uh, build some utility uh-huh um i i think you're you've probably experienced this in your time at polygon um <laughs> but i feel like that's yeah. a kind of a big problem um with the polygon ecosystem is initially it took took off like the the total value locked in decentralized finance protocols on mm-hmm. Polygon on the Polygon bridge was huge due to like incentives and lower gas fees on Polygon but um I think in the past like year year and a half or so it's it's declined quite quite rapidly is this an mm-hmm. issue you see with uh um with Mantle and is there a way you envision like working around it to have long term users of the chain so i think definitely you know uh, i think every protocol and and you know can people like myself right who are at the thick of things at the time you know we we've all become like sort of um, let's say that much smarter right after looking at mm-hmm. what happened in the last last bull cycle and how like you know sometimes you know some incentives were aligned really well but others not so not so much right and it mm-hmm. led to like inflation in the token and at the same time a level of let's say value erosion but also users like just came and went so i think the incentive design is something which is like super important which you know different teams need to look at i think at mantle we've got some very interesting incentive planned for developers which revolve around not just sort of um, you know rewarding developers but also in some sense like on chain users uh, mm-hmm. right and and this also becomes like super important for 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 mantle as well because this also acts as a way for us to decentralize the dows further right so instead of having an airdrop scheme and and uh-huh. you know, a crazy level of incentives you know i would much rather take those tokens like the bit tokens and put them into the hands of you know builders and yeah. and active users right so that the tokens end up 
in in the hands of people who actually bring value to the network versus just yeah, your exactly. regulators, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like super important. And and this is a longer path, right? And this is a tougher path. It requires us to talk to so many different projects, mm-hmm. track so many different things at the same time. But but at the end of the day, in the long term, it's 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 so much more important to build a healthier economy. And I think what makes Mattel also unique and and why developers and and you know users would want to work with us, like I said, is the going from all the way from zero to you know from project launch all the way to listing, right? Like I said, like majority of the ecosystems out there with just rolled out and incentives could not offer this kind of a you know path to a project which is going from zero to ultimate distribution i think at mantle we can do that so the ecosystem advantage which we have is is something which is very unique almost impossible to re, you know to replicate which yeah, i think sure. gives us like an edge you know when it comes to ecosystem building so i feel that we can we can do incentives better we can offer you know a much let's say um you know more fulfilling path to to projects and to users and which is kind of why I feel that you know we will uh, you know we we'll be able to mitigate some of those problems which we saw uh-huh. during the cycle. I think I think one of the the biggest problems with the the layer twos that launch a token right now is the current airdrop model. It, oh, yeah. it, if, if you look if you look historically at, at what happens, people do the bare minimum just yes. to qualify <laughs> for the airport or, or the, the, yeah. the airdrop, trying to figure out what exactly the requirements are. But they're not long term participants in the ecosystem. They're not going to be long time holders of the token. If you look at like the the layer two, like for example, optimism. It had like one day peak volume of yeah. like the day after the airdrop where people were bridging funds to optimism in order to claim their airdrop, sell their airdrop, and then bridge back. And that's not really a, a, a distribution of tokens you, you want. So it's, it's, it's yeah. an interesting problem to have because you want individuals who are using the chain, using the ecosystem products to be rewarded. But there's always people that are going to try to like simple attack game the system make 100%. a bunch of different accounts make the bare minimum transactions in order to qualify for the airdrop so 100%. you don't have to reveal if mantle is going to do an airdrop or how they're going to distribute or anything but do you see like a good way around this in order to reward the people that truly deserve the rewards for participating in the ecosystem 100 percent. so so what you're saying is like is totally correct right so we, we've seen this all the way from like let's say uniswap to all the way till optimism and now we see a lot of activity on Arbitrum also, since there is some mm-hmm. some idea that you know the rumored Arbitrum airdrop, yeah, yeah. So so what we've seen again, time and time again, with airdrop models is that like you know they tend to be like like you said, right? Like we, we people tend to do the bare minimum to get the token, and then and then what happens? Like I said, is that majority of the token, right, invariably ends up ends up in the hands of speculators, right, who want to dump the token versus actual builders, you know, or people who actually want to use the network or are interested in Web three, and and at at what we want to do is we want to be very careful with these incentives so instead of doing let's say blind airdrops we would much rather figure out ways to sort of let's say help builders um so for example what we're going to be doing is you know we'll, we're going to be giving grants to you know to builders to build on mantle to help them sort of fund some of their costs of, of deploying and and what that means is you put the tokens in the hands of builders then what we would follow you know we would follow up on this with for example incentivizing some of those projects which which you know which deploy and have have good potential with another bounty right to sort of uh, let's say airdrop or sort of you know find some way to to uh, to give those tokens to the users of their projects mm-hmm. right so so you're getting you're seeing lots and lots of projects built and then you sort of driving user growth to those projects because at the end of the mm-hmm. day if you're a chain 
like you know if the projects on my chain succeed i automatically succeed right yeah. so so for us we want to bring this mentality rather than having some formula around airdrop and be like okay if you do this bare minimum things you get this token and then wow you have instant distribution like that's not like we've seen time and time again not the best way so putting the tokens in the hands of builders and of you know users of actual projects you know achieves a much better outcome and like i said like this is more difficult because it requires you to do a lot of operational work but but mm-hmm. we would much rather do that and build a healthier token economy than then try and do like some sort of airdrop get you know sort of some artificial pump and then eventually which uh, which leads to nothing and 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 this is kind of where the bit token is also interesting right because as a builder like think think of you know yourself as a builder right you get this token you know you can use this you know token to sort of you know sort of fund some of your costs etc and and deploy but this token is also a governance token mm-hmm. right so if you're a builder and you have this token you can go and put proposals on biddao for other projects yeah. you might have and participate in governance right yeah. so this token has a lot more utility baked in than possibly some of the other tokens you might get and yeah. and which is why you know we feel that there's going to be strong like holder characteristics right for this mm-hmm. token like it makes sense to hold the token versus yeah. you know versus just sort of dumping it immediately so i think bit token is unique in that sense where yeah where holding a holding a certain amount of bit token essentially gets you um sort of access to vc funding right because Absolutely. the the, the dow funds like are pool of funding yeah exactly <laughs> so that, that there's yeah. a huge pool of funding that's looking to be deployed 100%. and most bit holders sort of have the same same incentives in li- aligned to improve mm-hmm. the the bit ecosystem which will be inclusive of mantle so if if you're a developer on mantle and you have a like a, a really good project a good ecosystem like a, mm-hmm. a good user base going and you need funding instead of like reaching out to like third party vcs you could if you hold enough bit token you could send a proposal to the dao mm-hmm. saying we need x amount of funding we we want to do y to improve our our product to get x amount of more users and mm-hmm. it'll it'll likely get voted up if it's a legitimate proposal right so 100% it's, 100% it's highly it, it makes sense to me that uh developers looking to build their product on on a new chain would be heavily interested in using mantle 100% and and that's the behavior we plan to see right you know like uh, like some developers may may dump the token but a serious developer who wants to develop like other new projects will immediately realize its value and be yeah. like wow this is interesting now i can go and get like you know more funding i can build more projects i can build larger teams and you know and yeah. that's exactly the kind of builder uh, we want to incentivize and also we would have staking like i said even at the infrastructure layer in data availability and other parts of the network so they're okay. like Hundred things you can do, like you know, with with the bit token, you know, participate uh-huh. in the ecosystem, stake it at the infrastructure level for crypto economic security, use it for governance. Yeah. So and 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 like we said, like I said, right, when you put these tokens in the hands of the right people, you know, who 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 are in it for the long term, who want to add value to the network, who want to build, who want to you know sort of derive this utility from the network, it just leads to a healthier token economy, and and that's kind of you know our goal at the end of the day. Okay. So um, as head of ecosystem, I wanted to ask, um, what are the plans specifically for the the Mantle ecosystem? I don't know if like some projects are in stealth that you can't talk about or you can, <laughs> but in general, like decentralized finance, NFTs, gaming, um, what's in store or what's currently in production for Mantle? Got it. So two things, right? I want to do quickly cover, right? So at Mantle, what we want to do is, you know, a big, big focus for us or a big agenda for us is to grow the pie, right? So what we see in Web3 is that like, you know, so many projects are keep fighting and and start you know sort of putting out incentives for the same set of people we need to have more users we need mm-hmm. to have more developers like we've seen this in the past bull cycle with billions of dollars spent we barely have any on chain traffic like you yeah. know maybe single digit millions etc we can't have like you know that happening in the next cycle so big responsibility which we have at at mantle
capital is to get in new developers, get in new users and, and grow the pie, right? And one of the best ways of doing that is NFT and gaming, right? So, so for example, games and NFT projects, you know, bring in, let's say, uh, you know, a type of user to the blockchain who may not otherwise, let's say, use blockchain technology, right? And this sort of allows yeah, us sure. to add more users, right? And, and this benefits the entire ecosystem, not just Mantle, mm-hmm. but everybody, right? Entire, entirety of Web3, which is ultimately yeah. what is BitDAO's aim, right? To take Web3 forward. So, yeah. so this is a big focus. So there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, sort of news and and uh, sort of projects around gaming. Also, if you look at BitDAO itself, you've got Game7. We also have, like I said, Mirana Ventures entire portfolio, which is an LP in, in Anamoka, Spartan, mm-hmm. Play Ventures, like so many different, you know, funds. And so we've got access to a very large gaming ecosystem. And what we mm-hmm. feel at Mantle is that if we build great infrastructure, if we bring the best technology in the market and put it in front of the developer, then we're going to see all of these different projects, mm-hmm. you know, deploying on Mantle. And all of them are talking to us. You know, they all want to know what our plans are. So I think a big focus is there as well. The second big focus, of course, is at the end of the day, DeFi is, is very important because ecosystems are composable, right? Like mm-hmm. ecosystems thrive when there is composability. When you can add DeFi elements to games, you can add gamification elements to DeFi and then, yeah. you know, try and build a more holistic ecosystem. I think this is kind of where like Web3 differs from Web2 where instead of, you know, a king of the hill kind of way of thinking, what you actually have projects collaborating and building on top of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So we expect to see uh, a lot of interesting traffic around DeFi as well, especially if we go ZK roll up, then you've got the security guarantee as well. And like uh-huh. I said, you know, we've got the, we've got liquidity, we've got the power to list a token. So all the other things which DeFi projects need to succeed, like, you know, having a large community on day zero, like all of those things are there. So I think what we want to build at the end of the day is a generalized, like decentralized compute layer, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, blockchain and, and you should be able to deploy anything. But but I also wanted to, like I said, say that a responsibility for us, which comes from BitDAO's tenets itself, is to get new users. So definitely, uh-huh. you know, gaming and NFT is going to be, you know, a priority for us. And and of course, DeFi, I think, would follow naturally if, if we bring the, you know, the right technology and sort of bring liquidity and help those projects bootstrap you know i think we're going to see a lot of action there and then a composable ecosystem then you know starts to sort of gain steam and grow faster and faster and and, you know build Mm -hmm. more and more value for the end user yeah it's interesting um a lot of the the blockchain games bring new users to ethereum like if you look at something like uh, ronin which was at one Mm -hmm. point uh, the biggest layer two on on Mm -hmm. ethereum in in terms of transaction volume i I think the number was like 60 to 70 percent of the users that were using ronin were like yeah. new uh, new first time ethereum users um but yeah. basically they never used ethereum before and now they're using it just to interact with this game so Absolutely. the the gaming crowd and the the general crypto d5 um crowd are almost two separate segments of the population so if you do develop games on chain and they do gain popularity it will drive a new user base to your chain and that's how so, the story started right even for both of us right like when uh-huh. we got our first tokens then we started asking ourselves right okay what else can we do with it and then you uh-huh. know you started going down the rabbit hole that way so if you have gamers and you put tokens and nfts in their hands right that's when the journey starts for them so i think it's, it's super uh-huh. important for us to you know sort of use nft and gaming in, in, in such a way where you know you build value for the user but you're also uh-huh. able to get like more users on chain which is the ultimate goal at the end of the day for the entire ecosystem huh. so would you say that most of the gaming projects you're looking to build on mantle are still in stealth they're still in the works or are there gaming projects that you've reached out to currently on other chains that may want to move to a, a better chain for for gaming um so i would say uh 
I, I think just in the last maybe I think three or four weeks, five weeks in which we made the announcement, we've had like an internal pipeline of just pure games, like about about close to about a hundred odd games. Oh wow! Um, uh-huh. You know, which which either we've reached out to or reached out to us, wanting to sort of know more about Mantle. Again, I don't want to take any specific names right now, so I would say stay uh-huh. tuned for the announcement. Sure, sure, yeah, but, of course, uh, of course. Yeah, but that being said, like you know, there's a huge amount of interest because I think yeah. that's what even games realize, right? Like you see, they look at our, look at our ecosystem. And they're like, man, like these guys have users from day zero, right? A typical mm-hmm. blockchain will go through this, you know, path, right? You put the token out there, you build a community, you do. Like for us, all of that is already done. There's already yeah. a big community. There's ZK DAO, uh-huh. Game 7. There's already, and like Bybit users. Uh-huh. So a big community already exists. So as a project, we have a jumping off point. So a game is like, you know, you know, they do marketing. They've got a big, big number of users. We get users on day zero. You know, they've, they've got ecosystem grants. We're also putting together a $150 million ecosystem fund to, to invest uh-huh. in like ecosystem projects. They've got an exchange as well. So all the tick marks are there, right? So so if you want to like, you know, look at a long-term play where we want to, you know, build value, build more games, do more interesting things, like, you know, it just makes sense. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and that's how builders are looking at it. And that's kind of where a lot of the interest is coming from. That's what's driving a lot of these conversations. And, you know, I think as we go towards mainnet, we're going to see like, you know, a huge amount of adoption and and a number of projects, you know, going live with us. So, uh-huh. so yeah, so pretty, pretty exciting <laughs> times yeah, for us. Yeah. It yeah. sounds good. Um, on the DeFi side of things, um, when the chain gets out of testnet and into mainnet, are you looking to have your own in-house DeFi protocols, or are they going to be, you know, sort of versions of the the current big players like Curve, Aave, Compound, Uniswap, stuff like that? So I, th- I think you know, of course, you know, we would want. To work with these projects you know and have mm-hmm. them deploy on mantle at the end of the day DeFi is less about tokens more about community mm-hmm. right and what these projects yeah. when i look at them it was not so much about like you know Aave as in the Aave token or curve as in you know curve or v curve it's, it's more about the communities which they represent right mm-hmm. so so we don't as such we don't have uh, you know plans to sort of start building out our own protocols we're permissionless like anyone can mm-hmm. deploy uh, you know anything i would much rather create more interesting incentives for projects mm-hmm. to deploy versus trying to do it ourselves because uh, yeah. you know there's only so much you know we can do from our side so it just makes sense to leverage the community and and so that's kind of how what we want to do on the DeFi side i, I think DeFi has become so interesting right from the last bull cycle where you know we had all of this pump down type of tokens and you know all of these different 100 different yeah. yield farms yield farm on top of a yield farm and, and those yeah. kind of projects the leverage yield farm the governance tokens the ultra level leverage you know like yeah. and at 8000 percent apr and all of that yeah. but you know, you can see today that the conversation has, you know, sort of turned right in the bear market. Uh-huh. And and now finally, you see the right kind of questions being asked, right? Like when, when I talk to a protocol today, like the first question I have is, how do you generate fees? Yeah. Right? Like, are you running a proper, like, are you actually solving something for the user? Because if you, if you're solving something for the user, there's some utility uh-huh. there, you can generate fees. Yeah. Right. So, so we see now, like, you know, the community asking the right questions to mm-hmm. projects, uh, you know, which is like, you know, how much fees versus, you know, asking when moon, like, you know, which is which is kind of the yeah. conversation yeah. of the previous bull cycle. So I think we're going to see a much more robust and and a, a, a sort of a much more utility based DeFi ecosystem in in 2023 and and beyond. You know the investors are smarter now. The retail investors are so much smarter now. They have access to so much more on chain information. Um, so I feel that projects, you know, DeFi projects, if they want to survive and continue to thrive, like you need to find ways to generate fees. You need to find yeah. new ways to you know. You need utility. to find uh, like long term sustainability, right? Like you can't be these these pools that essentially generate quick money for a certain number of people in. And you got to be decentralized, right? There has to be a community thinking sort of approach 
towards towards building DeFi, right? And I think projects which sort of go by this ethos will will be able to survive for the long uh-huh. term, right? So when we talk to DeFi projects, like these are the kind of questions which we have that, you know, that how are you guys doing this? How are you guys doing that? And then from their motivations, you know, we're able to figure out how we can support the team in the best way, right? So uh-huh. for example, do teams need help with, let's say, day zero liquidity provisioning so that they can bootstrap, right? So that slippage yeah. is low, right? Yeah. So that for the user, it's a better experience. Do we need to, for example, help them build community? So is it a marketing and communication problem, right? Uh-huh. Do we need to sort of do other things, uh, you know, to help these projects, maybe, you know, work with them and help them figure out new ways, you know, to mm-hmm. generate fees, for example, connect them to other projects within the ecosystem, depending on the use mm-hmm. case. So so DeFi has to be sort of grown very organically. It works in terms of layers where you have, you know, your borrowing, your basic lending and borrowing, and then you've got like, you know, like sort of options, perps, etc. So, you know, right yeah. from the bottom layer by layer the risk sort of keeps going up and then sort of the uh-huh. yield keeps going up and and uh-huh. this is kind of how you need to build a DeFi ecosystem so that's kind of how we look at that problem and that at every layer the different problems which need to be solved like we have the ecosystem to solve those problems uh-huh. so i think i think DeFi is going to be like super interesting i think in 2023 yeah. because finally you know we've gotten to the point where you know the right conversation is happening and and this is kind of when you know long-term value gets built so, so in, in the future uh you would you envision mantle to have everything from perps to options to synthetics specifically on their chain like we're basically the, the brunt of DeFi. yeah absolutely I, I think you know if if for example uh, so currently you know we're deep into testing let's say zk rollups right and we're uh-huh. looking at different performance parameters i think if the performance parameters hit if our internal research teams come you know come come to us and then tell us that you know guys like it's working uh-huh. and that you know these are the performance metrics and and if if, if that's if if the performance is there of course there is no uh-huh. reason why you can't bake all of this in, uh-huh. into your chain right considering that all the other the problems are solved you know the ecosystem side community slash liquidity slash listing like all of those problems are already solved so mm-hmm. as long as you know the chain performance is on par you can build virtually anything and make it successful so so that's kind of you know how how we're thinking about about what we need to do which is why this technology decision is super important right and which is mm-hmm. where we're spending a lot of time and and not mm-hmm. jumping the gun and then trying to sort of make fun announcements or do something like this but really taking it step by step you know, having the tech teams and the research teams compile a report because it's it's not just that we I can choose like oh we should do zk rollups it it's it has to be a community vote you see when we are getting all of this information and doing this research we'll compile a report and then we'll put mm-hmm. it on the forum yeah. like telling the community that okay listen we've done our research this is these are our findings what do you think we should do and then there yeah, will be a vote, i right? think i think that's the beauty of a dao versus anything else is like yes. the the people with skin in the game the people that have access to the tokens hold the tokens also have access to the forum can look through all 100%. the propositions can can actively discuss all the propositions so it becomes Becomes a collaborative effort with with everyone involved, uh, and, and especially with, with people with like risk in in the whole project itself. People with skin in the game should be the ones to decide. And at the Absolutely. end of the day, when you have critical decisions, right, regarding the chain's future, which is choosing like between let's say you know two different approaches of of solving mm-hmm. you know for decentralized compute or possibly other decisions in the future, like we want to set the precedent from day zero that we want to involve the community, mm-hmm. right? And as as we give out more and more incentives and you know we build you know a big community, a big ecosystem, you know the DAO will become more and more decentralized, you know, slowly over a period of time, the governance will become stronger, more interesting proposals will come to the fore, right? And eventually, this is kind of how, you know, the ecosystem will continue to, you know, not just gain value, but build new value. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so for every... 
I, I think especially if you have um, a larger distribution of the token with um, active developers or active yes. builders, um, it would lead to like a more, there's going to be more propositions like within the forums and there's going to be more discussion uh, rather than like idle token holders that don't participate yeah. in, in DAO governance. And then the DeFi and gaming, I think in the future will sort of work together because a lot of these games, on-chain games will have like a token or several tokens or, or mm -hmm. NFTs and DeFi sort of enables all of that, right? Where you can you can trade with each other, you can provide liquidity, you can um, uh, eventually maybe you could have synthetic uh, tokens or you can have leverage trading and, and stuff like that. So so the two the two communities, even though they might be completely separate, like still rely a bit on each other, right? The gaming community still needs somewhere to, mm -hmm. to trade their tokens and any DeFi protocol would welcome the the outside liquidity of, of any token, just as long as they're paying fees on the on the protocol. 100%. So it, it, yeah, it seems it seems like it's two things that would work well together. Uh, before I let you go today, wondering if you had any specific launch dates for the Mantle <laughs> Layer One, or sorry, the the, the, the Layer Two yeah, uh, mainnet, right. and also like right now or maybe in the future, how viewers or listeners of this could get involved with Mantle. Of course, of course. So uh, so in terms of launch dates, we have a uh, you know we've got a broader sort of a timeline. So end of Q2, Q3 is kind of what we're broadly looking at simply because we want to do the research, right? And then mm -hmm. once the research is done, the community has to vote. So there's a bit of a delta time there, uh -huh. right? And, um, you know, we could like, you know, and we don't want to be the team which takes unilateral decisions. Like we have to involve the community at the end of the day. Yeah. This is for whom we're building projects. So, so this is kind of why the timelines are like, let's say a little broader than possibly mm -hmm. a specific launch date. But as we get closer to that timeline, of course, you know, we would, mm -hmm. we would then firm up on a date and then communicate that to the community, right? And then move mm -hmm. towards uh, sort of all the different things we need to do to go live. Uh -huh. So that's as far as the timeline is concerned. For the community to get involved, of course, you know, I, I just love it for, for people to just get involved in our forums. Um, you know, uh, currently, like, you know, while while the Bit community is 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 fairly diverse, like, you know, like what we want to do is we want to get more and more, you know, members into our community to be active participants, to sort of help us make better decisions. So just get involved with 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 Bit, with the Bit community, you know, join our Discord, mm -hmm. join our Telegram channels, get involved with the discussion. And I think, you know, that's that's the best way for folks to get uh, get into Mantle. And and at the same time, uh, you know, become participants of the greater Bit community because that's kind of the beauty of DAOs, right? Like like technology mm -hmm. grows vertically in a stack, but a DAO grows yeah. horizontally, right? With, yeah. with the number of participants, so yeah, exactly. More people who are part of our DAO, the more stronger we become, the stronger our governance becomes. So and and the better the governance, the better projects which will come to the fore, right? And better direction we can give to to the liquidity which we have, and and you know to all the different ecosystem advantages which we've sort of put together. So, so I think for the community to get involved, just join our forums, you know, join our uh, governance and and yeah and i think you know with, with the kind of uh moving parts which we have now and with this new infrastructure piece like i think that's it's the sky's the limit right when it comes to yeah you know the amazing things which we can build and and take the ecosystem forward get new users get people on chain and and really take like you know web3 to the next level Absolutely. Um, with, with, you know, new kinds of thinking as well, like the collaborative model and, and sort of, you know, bring these kind of new things uh, in front of the community. Uh, absolutely. Um, I would love to have you on in like maybe like six to nine months to to reflect on on this podcast and look at the 100%. ecosystem at that point. Um, but I, I appreciate you coming on to, uh, to the podcast. Uh, it, it was a good talk and, and I hope uh, we can talk more in the future about the, the mantle and the bid ecosystem. Well, absolutely. Look forward to our next conversation. And again, once again, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.